Hey, welcome to Life According to God, where we have conversations revolving around the many colorful characters in the Bible and how God's influence shaped their lives, their families, and their societies. My prayer is that as you listen, you will glean one or two powerful ideas that will transform your own life too. This is Allow Me Brigway, your host. Allow me here and thank you for joining me as we continue our study on the life of Ruth. In this episode, I will be focusing on Ruth chapter 1 verses 8 to 18. In the previous episode, episode 1, we looked at Ruth chapter 1 verses 1 to 7. Before I go into my commentary, I will give you a bit of context as to what happened prior to where I'm going to be picking up from in today's episode. The man Elimelech took his wife Naomi and their two sons and decided to move from Judah, where there was famine, into the land of the Moabites. While he was there, he died. His two sons, having already taken Moabite wives, also died. Now Naomi was left without a husband and had two sons and she had her daughters-in-law. Then she heard that there was now restoration in Judah. Things were getting better for the people that lived there again and she decided to move back. So that's why I'm going to be picking up in episode two of our study of a life of Ruth. You will notice that the Bible talks about the fact that Nen Naomi decided to move back to Judah. Her daughter's-in-law decided to go with her and she did not have an objection to that. In fact, it makes it clear in the Bible that they had already started the journey. So they had packed up everything. They were already traveling. They were on their way back to do that. When it says in the Bible that on the way, Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, go back to your mother's homes. Now that's going to lead me to my first powerful idea. I began to think, why did she change her mind? If, if it wasn't a matter of she didn't want them with her. So at the beginning of the journey, she knew that it would be good for these two women to be with me. Now, why did she change her mind? What she said gave it away. She blessed them. She said, may the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and may the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage. Then she now followed that up with, can I still give birth to other sons who could grow up to be your husbands? So when the daughters-in-law protested and said, no, we want to go with you. She said, listen, I know I want you with me. I know you want to go with me, but I also know within myself that the Lord wants to reward you with a good and blessed marriage. But where I'm going, it is never going to happen. So essentially, even though she knew within herself the purpose and the will of God for those two women, what did she do? What made her try to stop them from going with her? Her logical mind got turned on. So I'm sure as they journeyed towards Judah, as they were on that journey, started thinking that, oh my goodness, how can these two men follow me? 
I'm old, even if I marry and have a son, will they wait until the child is... So basically, her intellect switched on and she began to see all the giants that stood in the way of the blessed marriage that she knew within herself God wanted to reward those two women with. And that brings me to my first powerful idea. When God gives us insight into what he wants to do, Honestly, the worst thing we can begin to do is to begin to think of how we can make it happen. The how is not up to you. God will reveal to you the how. You cannot search it out in your own wisdom. That's what Sarah tried to do. Sarah looked at it and said, listen, Abraham, God has said you're going to be a father of many nations, but how is it going to happen? Let's do something. And that was how Hagar and Ishmael came into the picture. You literally just need to take what God has said and continue doing whatever it is that he shows you. It is God's wisdom that will reveal to you the how. You cannot search it out. If you try to figure out the how, what ends up happening is the giants look so massive that you're like, this can never happen. And you will talk yourself out of it. And that was how Naomi was able to successfully talk Opa out of it. I believe Opa was also supposed to go with her into Judah to receive her own reward as well. Okay. So moving on, Ruth protested. She was like, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God, etc., etc." And she was adamant. No matter what Naomi said, Ruth was like, nope, 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 I'm not going back. Now, if you think about it, people say all sorts about Ruth, but I believe that her main motivation was kindness to her mother-in-law, to Naomi. She was looking at this woman and she was thinking, my goodness, she's all by herself. As someone said, Naomi left with three and she was returning alone. And Ruth must have looked at it and thought, no, I'm not going to leave you by yourself. At least if I stay with you, you have gained a daughter. I'm not going to remove myself from your life in order to pursue my own gain. That was her motivation. I don't believe at that point that she saw any vision about Boaz or anything like that. It was kindness that led her to the point where she made that decision. And everything Naomi was saying was absolutely right. The chances of her actually getting married were very slim, if not zero, from the natural standpoint. So that couldn't have been Ruth's motivation. Her motivation was purely, I want to be kind to this woman. I want to help her. I don't want her to be alone. So what is the second powerful idea in this? Breakthroughs usually come disguised as service or love for humanity. Honestly, I have seen this play out in my own life, oh my goodness, so many times where you just have a desire to help someone. You just want to contribute to someone's life. You just want to make someone's life easier. Even when you don't see the reward, you just want to serve. You just want to help. I believe it is in those moments where you don't immediately see 
the reward that will come out of it. Or even in fact, it feels like you are going to lose out by helping that person. God is behind those kind of curtains. If you pull the curtain back, you will always find God there. You will always find a breakthrough that will be beyond what you could have possibly imagined behind those kinds of actions when we help when we love people expecting nothing in return even if it's going to end up costing us we go ahead anyway because we want to love on that person god is always there that's my second powerful idea from that chapter now the last one is this after Naomi agreed for Ruth to go with her and they arrived back in Judah, people came, started greeting her and they were calling her Naomi. Now listen to what Naomi said. She said, don't call me Naomi. Instead, call me Mara for the almighty has made life very bitter for me. Naomi means sweetness. Mara means bitter. So she basically looked at her situation, her circumstance, and she said, no, 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 no. Do not call me by the prophecy over my life. Instead, call me by my circumstance. Thank God they didn't listen because nowhere do we see people actually calling her Mara. Because you don't call yourself or speak about your life based on what you're going through. You speak about your life based on the prophecy over your life. The Bible says in Romans 4, 17, that God calls the things that be not as though they were. That is how God creates miracles. When Abraham was still Abraham, God said, I'm changing your name to father of many nations. Begin to call yourself that. Even though he still did not even have a child, Isaac had not come. But God said, you are father of many nations. Begin to call yourself that. Another example is this. When Rachel gave birth to her son, her second son, and she died almost immediately after that. The Bible says that with her last breath, she named the baby Ben-Oni, which means son of my sorrow. But the baby's father, however, called him Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. So Jacob understood this powerful idea that listen it is very short-sighted to begin to call yourself or to begin to speak about yourself based on a single event you should not identify or label yourself based on singular events in your life you should be much more far-reaching in your vision than that so just because i got fired from my job for example it doesn't mean that i am a loser it doesn't mean that i can't make it in that particular field or industry that is is one event someone said just because i failed does not make me a failure so that's the third powerful idea that i'm taking from this portion of the bible regarding ruth call the things that be not as though they were if you are going through a tough situation, don't go around saying, this is who I am. This is how everything always happens to me. I don't understand. I just can't keep a job. I just can't get a job. My marriage is this. My husband is this. I'm just not a patient person. I'm just lazy. No, these are single events in your lives that the more you call yourself that, you're actually replicating and reproducing more of those events in your life. So you have to call yourself what you desire. You have to be able to look far into your life and say, oh, okay, um, 
Naomi, you lost your husband, you lost your two sons, but you have gained a daughter and there's a blessing over your life. If you keep calling yourself sweetness, Naomi, there is no way that your life that is coming ahead of you will not be sweet. Nobody listened to her. Thank God, because I'm sure Jewish people understood this principle. It's in the Bible. So they continued to call her Naomi. And as a result of that, her name, what they were calling her and what she was calling herself was what played out in her future. So my third powerful idea is do not label your future based on a current event. Or based on your past what has God said about that situation that is what you must continue to call yourself and to call that situation and by doing that you're actually bringing what you're saying into existence in your life okay so that was episode two on the story of the life of Ruth I will be back in the next episode as we move on to Ruth chapter 2 see you then <music>